0: All right, welcome to Carrots Minus Suffering. Today, we are going to continue our short talks on character classes, and this topic is Barbarians.
1: Which seems a very strange topic to pick when we're talking about minus suffering.
0: Barbarians.
2: (laughs) Barbarians don't suffer, they cause suffering. What the hell is a barbarian? They're rage machines.
1: Barbarian is the D&D equivalent of the Hulk, without the muscling and roaring.
2: Well, Well, I think they have the muscles, too. And the roaring.
3: Do they muscle out? I think they do. I mean, they get advantage on strength saving throws and get to add certain bonuses in certain situations. So I would define that as hulking out. The berserker
2: thing is totally hulking out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I ever really looked closely at the barbarian class before. They're fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, they're awesome. Actually, you know, there's just like, there's there's a bunch of different directions that you can go with them too. now. They have different kind of barbarian paths.
0: All right, team. So let's go around. What is your favorite thing about the barbarian class.
3: Okay, I'll I'll start. I'm going to admit first that I'm a little like a a kid who didn't do the homework thoroughly this week, though. I skimmed, and it's made worse by the fact that I've never played a barbarian. In my reading of it, it's a very mechanically interesting class, so I think the reason I've never played a barbarian and I've never been drawn to this class is... Because they are rage machine fighters, and in general, I find characters who solve conflicts without necessarily going into combat to be more interesting. They're mechanically incredible, like a perfect tank.
0: Because it's Fenrir adjacent, one thing I really love about Barbarian is if you take the spirit totem pathway, you start to gain animal features akin to your animal, animal form. Barbarians would have been phenomenal in Fenrir as a thematic class.
2: What kind of surprised me, looking at it a little more closely, was sort of the balancing act mechanically with them. Like, there is the Berserker rage, but the trade-off for it is you get a level of exhaustion that you then have to deal with. They're not invincible, and there is, like, a cost for this heightened roid rage they can go into.
3: I think I I liked the unarmored defense as well if your dexterity and your constitution are high enough you could conceivably have an armor class of 18 without wearing any armor and then add a shield playing a barbarian right now in a game and
1: i have to say that though i didn't expect that this was going to be the thing that i enjoyed the most about it when i hit third level figuring out what path i was going to take and why i was going to take it there's a lot more roleplay ability in those path choices than than I had
0: thought. So, so for me, there's there's a small thing I really love, and then there's the class feature I really love. The small thing is that this is the only class where like D12s matter, because hmm. you get a great axe and you roll D12s for hit points. So like this is the only time that that little D12 ever gets any love. <laughs> so the the class feature that i think i love the most is the rage and i love it for the role play crutch mm-hmm. so this is the class that i like to pull out and play whenever a dungeon master is like really unpredictable or it's just a it's just fighting because you you trigger rage and you just rage and it's just it gives you incredible focus all of your decisions are made. You do the thing, and it's rewarding because you're really good at it.
2: It seems like it would be prone to getting sort of one note after a while. I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of character you build. But like, you're the tank. You go up. You kick the ass, and then that's your thing. That's what you do. I mean, does that ever get old? Um.
0: Yeah. I mean, it can. It like all classes, if you focus in on their one note, it it gets old, <laughs> right? Like. High-level wizard. If you just throw fireball, boring as hell. But you know, the the subtlety comes in with the role play.
1: And they don't have to be dumb. You know, my barbarian has a pretty low intelligence, but a decent wisdom, and you know that can be a lot of fun. Yeah, I certainly haven't found that to be the case.
0: Okay, so let's do. How do you see? How do you see the barbarians role in a group?
1: I mean, the the stereotype would be the person that's got like a short fuse and is ready to fight all the time but you know if you're talking about dungeon crawling they are the tank you know they're the one that you throw right into the middle of everything and just let them hit but if you're talking about the their their role as far as like actually fleshing out you know a role playing group i think that their method of solving problems is often a kind of a one note to start with and growing that and and watching that grow can be in, in a lot of ways, almost the conscience of the group, like the little cricket to Pinocchio,
2: but big and burly. Yeah, the first thing I think of with the barbarian is that they, they play the tank, but that's, you know, that's a purely mechanical thing. But yeah, I think what their lack of comfortability in cities and civilization is, is an interesting aspect to me because it, it means that whenever a group is interacting with a town, they're crawling out of their skin just about i mean presumably so i think i think that's interesting that they you know they're having to go into cities and towns whenever the party does and how uncomfortable that is for them because where they're most comfortable is out in the open so the the fact that they're running around with a party even is almost almost feels antithetical to who they are
0: i like the descriptive capabilities of the barbarian Because it really lends itself to over-the-top violence. And so if you are in a combat, it really, you have a lot of opportunity to describe a specific niche of what's going on at the table. I like to use my Barbarian to, like, jump over things, to break stuff, right? And just be this larger-than-life Hulk-like experience. And it can add a lot of color to parts of the game that, frankly, can be a little bit boring and mechanical.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm having a moment where I'm I'm remembering I was playing a cleric at an adventuring league table, and someone who is quite a skilled role player was playing a, a barbarian. And usually at adventurers league tables, there's a lot more limits on the amount of role play that you do. But I'm remembering this moment where in a kind of like weirdly affectionate gesture, the uh, Barion turns to uh, my cleric after we've defeated some kind of bandits and and offers her an ear, which is absolutely horrifying to her, but it was meant as a sweet gesture. <laughs> it's like
2: sincere, mm-hmm. right?
3: Like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's like when your cat brings you a dead mouse. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, and if you want like a little bit more of a darker aspect to your storyline, you can also have the reluctant barbarian, the person that, you know, really is more Hulk-like, like, you know, doesn't want to go into that rage and doesn't want to be part of that thing, but knows that when it's necessary, it's very useful, you know, and gets drug into these situations quite simply because of that.
2: To get like the Zen barbarian? Mm. What if you what if you multi classed a monk with a barbarian? What would happen?
3: You'd get a bonk. Mm. A, a bonk, bonk. <laughs> or a bank? Or a bank. <laughs> a, b- a bar bonk <laughs> bar bonk. Barbonk. <laughs> I know what happens if you multi class a, a bard and a barbarian, you get a barbarian.
1: Barbarian. Mm.
3: Throw a level of druid in there, aspect of the bear. Barbarian. Ah, there
2: you I, go. I did. I did wonder about the compatibility of a barbarian with a druid. It seemed like those two could potentially mesh really
0: well. I did play a character once that was a bear druid, bear barbarian, and yeah, I mean, you turn into a bear and then you rage. It's very effective.
1: You were bear bear.
0: Yeah, you got a little economy of bonus actions problem to worry about because you have to use a bonus action to rage and a bonus action to shift. It it's not instantaneously you're a, you're a monster but it's certainly effective and darn entertaining.
2: Well, I mean, do, do you have to hybridize the beast form at all with that because like when you turn into a beast you're supposed to only get the stats, the physical stats of the beast. So, I mean, is that something you had to sort of homebrew? It,
0: it depended on the dungeon master whether they wanted to have the barbarian powers take effect on top of the beast form or if they wanted the beast form to take precedent. Because you do run into some problems, like, do you recalculate the armor class to add constitution to the animal's form? Mm -hmm. Do you add the 10 feet fast move to the animal's speed? Or is it that the animal already had a fast move? It just wasn't called that, right? And so there's a whole bunch of sort of philosophical, mechanical things to work Mm -hmm. out. Um, Okay, so we've talked about the role of the barbarian. We talked about our favorite features. We've described what the barbarian is. Time to grade the Barbarian.
3: <laughs> well, at this point, I don't know which class I'm going to give an, an A to. I guess I'd, I'd give a B to the Barbarian, and that that seems unfair because I've never even played one, but they seem very mechanically interesting, and we've mentioned that they, they do have some opportunities for role-playing that I hadn't considered.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the Barbarian a B because any time you give someone a hammer... They tend to see everything as a nail. Mm -hmm. And so the barbarians ring a little one note sometimes. And that is not necessarily a fair criticism of the class, because you can get over that with good Mm roleplay. But it does lend itself to kind of that one note feel. Mm -hmm. But it's a very powerful one note. And frankly, if you are a person who suffers from, like, analysis paralysis... Like this class removes all of that, so I'm gonna give it a b. It supports a play style that I like in certain tables, but not in not in all.
1: I'll add a plus to that b because I think that there is some pretty good opportunity for role play if you have a good g m who is going to build in those opportunities and give people the time for it, but like a lot of things, if if that's not not part of what's going on at the table,
2: I'm, I'm with you, Nate, is that it can be pretty one note. I, I'm kind of sharing the sentiments that you're both saying, and for me, that makes it a C. <laughs> oh. Do it. I, I will, damn it. Um, because I think there is a lot of potential to, like, your characters are as simple or as complicated as you make them, but it seems like the barbarian, as it's laid out in the player's handbook, is a very simple character. Like, there's just not, it's all rage based like that's all that's like everything is centered around that one trait and and it, you know, as opposed to say the sorcerer or the warlock where there's a lot of there's a lot more nuance going on with those characters and with the barbarian you're not really given layers you have to make those layers and so i think it depends on the player and probably the group and the dm and the kind of game you're playing is how well you can layer the character to make it more interesting so i think it has a lot of potential So, C.
0: Understandable. Understandable. And in total, that means our average is a B minus.
2: Ooh. Sorry. I totally ruined the curve on that one.
0: It's all right. (laughs) It's gonna happen, man. Just don't trigger the barbarian's rage. Yep,
2: I won't. If I ever meet a barbarian, I will tell him he's an A plus. And
0: because he never went to school. Right. He
2: will have no idea what you're talking about. He will know what that means. He'll be like, like, what's a plus?